Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench. Lots to come over the next hour as we reflect on Stephen Henderson's departure from Cove Ramblers. When we were rock bottom when he came in, as, as Stephen said, we were we were actually weren't even on our knees. We were laying face down in the dirt, mm. and we got ourselves up one foot by one foot slowly but surely. Certainly a bit of a shock at St. Cummins Park last night. We'll also talk to John Cotter after Cork City's draw with Sligo Rovers. We'll hear from Eddie McCarthy, the uh, Everton junior manager after they were named the Munster Senior League Junior Team of the Year last night. We're also going to talk to Clare legend Tommy Guilfoyle about Cork versus Clare tomorrow. We'll talk to Ephraim Fitzgerald as well about the Cork ladies taking on Waterford and plenty more as well. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. If you'd like to get in touch with us, do text us 0868104106. Tweet us at Big Red Bench as well. And if you're on WhatsApp, 0868104106 is the place to send your messages to us. My name's Rory O'Hagan. Ryan Grace's name is Ryan Grace. We are here until 7pm this evening. Ryan, how are you, sir? I'm not too bad, Rory. How not are you? Not too bad. I'm grand. I'm grand. I'm grand. A bit of a shock about Stephen Henderson last night, I have to say. A bit. Of, I was completely shocked. Completely shocked. I was asking you earlier on, I kind of, to see if you knew something kind of behind the scenes because no. just completely out of the blue for me anyway. Yeah, because I'd heard uh, a kind of a, a rumour, an inkling that he might be stepping down and then I walked in St. Cummins Park and said, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? So like it had gotten out of that stage. Still shocked as to why it happened. Um, Stephen didn't talk to me last night and left straight after the game. Um, a little bit upset as well, you could see, as he was leaving St. Cummins Park. We'll discuss that in a little bit though. We're going to hear from Michael O'Donovan, the uh, chairman, a little bit later on in the show. But uh, first off, uh, Ryan's going to get us up to date on everything that happened today. Sure, We'll kick it off with Camogie. So Cork currently in action in the Liberty Insurance Senior Camogie Championship this afternoon. The Rebels face Clare in Six Mile Bridge. Have you got the latest score in that one? Yeah, it's Cork leading 1-9 to 6 points, 38 minutes on the clock in that one. Cork leading in that one. So the Rebels are also at the same time there. The Intermediates are hosting Kilkenny. It's a second half there, 41 minutes gone. It's Cork 9 points to Kilkenny 7. Four teams, four teams remain in contention to reach the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship final ahead of tonight's last round of games in the round robin section. It's winner takes all at Innovate Wexford Park where David Fitzgerald's Wexford hosts Kilkenny. That kicks off at 7 this evening. A draw for the Cats would also see them advance to the decider. And Brian Cody says his side are raring to go in for tonight. All hurlers are well, well used to playing knockout hurling, championship hurling, and it's, it's it's a great thing to be looking forward to. Look, it's round robin, and of course both teams will want to win, and that makes it really, really something to look forward to. Yeah, looking forward to watching that one, Brian Cody versus Dave Fitzgerald on the sideline. It could be interesting, but that's a seven o'clock to one. Really looking forward to watching that later. Probably as much drama on the, the side of the pitch as there is. <laughs> Possibly. The well, yeah, and a David Fitzgerald game, there definitely is. A- yeah, oh, you got to love it, though. Same time, reigning champions Galway. They also know a draw or a win would seal their place in the final. Well, Dublin, they need a win if they're to reach a, prof- a first provincial decider since 2013. Both games, as I said, kicking off at seven. Now, Offaly have been relegated to the Christie Ring Cup. The four-time All-Ireland champions have lost to Kerry by 118 to 116 in Tralee today. They make the drop to the Christie Ring for 2020. Mm. Um, the victory ensures the kingdom stay in the Joe McDonough Cup. And former Offaly defender Michael Verney thinks major reform is now needed in the fateful county. It's by no means uh, a given that we're going to tr- come back up next year. But as thought he said, it's it's not the fault of this management team or even the management team before. This has been going on for for many years, and you know, I hate to say it, like, but they, uh, we we need to have a serious look. And I'm not passing the book, but we need to have a serious look at, at our county board and where we're going and the personnel within the county board because what's what's gone on under their stewardship is just not good enough. If that was in a business, they they wouldn't still be in their jobs. Yeah, so Michael Verney not very happy there at all. Uh, Westmeath and Leash will meet in the final of the competition later this month. They've drawn 1-22 all at Amore Park and Eddie Brennan's Leash side have completed the round-robin section unbeaten. Now the Republic of Ireland under-21s they've lost to Mexico in the Toulon tournament in the third place playoff. Stephen Kenny's side lost on penalties after the game finished scoreless and Kenny is delighted with how his young side performed in the tournament. Overall it's been it's been it's been a terrific uh, terrific experience for everyone I think listen everyone's got that they lost the penalty shootout today and and that's that's the way you know football is you know it, it's uh, 
it's a cruel way to lose, and especially a controversial Daryl Lee having to retake it and and all that went with that. But I think uh, you know, for us, 20, 20, all twenty-two players participated in the tournament, which is terrific. Uh, you know, a lot of those players getting their first caps, first in twenty-one caps. It's a big big step on the ladder for them really yeah, they performed so admirably well over the last couple of weeks the Ireland under 21s considering it's a tournament for the under 23s as uh, Stephen alluded to like this Mexico team is going to the Olympics next year and to hold them scoreless today it was uh, it's been a fantastic tournament and I saw a little bit of their games and um, I saw the game against China I think and they look very impressive they look very well organised so a lot to come from this under 21 team I think I think Stephen Kenny's going to do a fantastic job absolutely it's a great start for him in the role isn't it Roar yeah exactly yeah and like considering he's going to be in Mick McCarthy's shoes in less than two years like you know <laughs> so it's um, interesting times ahead but um, Stephen Kenny certainly uh, getting off to a great start and yeah very promising from the under 21 team. yeah definitely and I suppose even when you look to the senior side of things good to know that there's some youth coming up there do you know with some positive results and Cork's Cueven Kelleher playing in uh, all the games as well in goal as well so it's yeah. uh, very bodes well very bodes very well I should say for the future oh yeah no absolutely absolutely it's good good for confidence they'll build it up and of course uh, going out on penalties today that could have gone either way you know they held them to a nil all draw so it, it was just kind of luck of the draw after that now locally the final game of the season took place this afternoon UCC have beaten Avondale United 2-1 in the final of the O'Connell Cup Simon Falvey with the winner for college now there was plenty more women's World Cup action today the Netherlands faced Cameroon at 2 o'clock this afternoon that game finished 3-1 now 8 o'clock this evening sees today's other game that'll be Canada versus New Zealand in the Women's National League Cork City lost 5-0 away to Shelburne um, Mick McCarthy says Robbie Keane's appointment as assistant manager at Middlesbrough will only benefit the Republic of Ireland squad. Keane will now work under new boss Jonathan Woodgate at the Riverside while continuing as part of McCarthy's backroom team. And the Ireland boss says Keane remains a key part of his coaching setup, while Woodgate has also hailed Keane's arrival on Teesside. I've known Robbie for, for 20 years and I've always stayed in contact with Robbie and we're, and we're great friends and you need someone like that with you. But he's not just with me for that. It's because he knows his coaching, he knows what he wants to be. It's like with Danny as well and Leo. They've all got a burning ambition and we're all on this journey together and we're going to build and we're going to do things differently. That's quite a big job for Robbie, isn't it? It's a huge job. It's a great role for him. I hope he doesn't, you know, hasn't bitten off more than he can chew with the two roles. You know, it would be a shame for him to... Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue, is it? No, no, it shouldn't be really, I suppose. No, you'd hope not, so it's a big job for him and wish him the very best luck. Absolutely. Moving along to hockey, the Irish women's hockey team, they've beaten the Czech Republic comfortably by 4-0 in the FIH Series semi-final at Banbridge. Zoe Wilson, Shirley McKay, Sarah Hawkshaw and Anna Flanagan with the goals there. They've now assured of an Olympic playoff tie. Earlier, the Irish men's team defeated Scotland 4-2, Eugene McGee scoring twice with Shane O'Donoghue and Michael Robson also on target today. Um, in golf, the third round action that's gotten underway at the US Open Shane Lowry currently two over par through six holes today Graham McDowell will tee off from three under at half past nine Irish time this evening while world number three Rory McIlroy is tied for fourth at the halfway stage at Pebble Beach he'll resume from five under he's four shots currently behind the leader Gary Woodland uh, defending champion Brooks Kepka is also four under it's the first time McIlroy's made the cut at the US Open since 2015 and of course he's happy enough with the start I feel like I played a pretty much perfect going to golf up until about thirteenth hole. You know, I made a couple of you know key up and downs on the on the eighth and on the twelfth, but was just picking off my birdies when I could and you know playing very solid golf. It wasn't quite as solid coming down the stretch. There's something magic about Pebble Beach as well. It's just such a picturesque, such an iconic venue. And uh, it's just been great watching the golf there over the last couple of days. Fingers oh, yeah. crossed Rory can do it. He's very well placed. And like he's been playing some decent golf. He's not completely at the top of his game, but like he has been playing some nice stuff. Um, if he can just put it all together now tonight and put a good round in tonight. If he's two shots, three shots behind uh, after tonight, I think he's in with a show tomorrow. Definitely, definitely. He's, he, like you say, he's been there thereabouts lately in kind of the major tournaments, I suppose. He's in a good position now, like you say, if he can hold it for day three and just bring mm. it into the final day. If he's in contention in the final day, that could give him a push. It's just about slogging again today in Pebble Beach and just getting the results. Like so, uh, Finally, for now, in boxing, Tyson Fury says he's in, he'll be involved in the biggest fight of his life when he takes on Tom Schwartz in Las Vegas in the early hours of tomorrow. The former heavyweight world champion will be looking to avoid an upset against the German ahead of a potential rematch with Deontay Wilder. Now, Fury insists he's 
he's still focused on the job in hand. Las Vegas, MGM Grand, it's where all the big fights happen. It's uh, seeing your face up on all the movie screens and all the posters. It's great, great experience, but it was what I was born to do. Now, I would say this fight is a complete waste of time and anyone spending money to watch and anyone staying up to watch it would be wasting their money and wasting their time. Like, Tyson Fury is completely unbackable in this fight. But then again, we saw what happened with Anthony Joshua well, and Ruiz yeah. a couple of weeks back. So anything can happen in heavyweight boxing, but it's got to be a procession for Fury tonight. But then again, as I said, look, you never Joshua, know. You know, you never know. That's why people watch, I suppose. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I won't be watching. I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> You're not convinced it's going to be no, a classic. I'll look no. Out, no, I'll look out for the results in the morning. That'll be about as that much as I will do. Setting the alarm for four o'clock to watch Tyson Fury against the nobody? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, we are going to kick off the show with um, Cove Ramblers news. Stephen Henderson um, leaving last night. As I mentioned, we were all kind of surprised when he did... Um, that he did call it a day considering there's only 10 games left in the season um, he's been back with the club in a second since 2015 he's done a tremendous job got them to the playoffs uh, so I'm finished second um, got them to the EA Sports Cup final last year they were one of the few teams to beat Dundalk last year a magical magical day down St. Cohen's Park when they won 1-0 uh, with a fantastic finish I think everyone in St. Cohen's Park was a bit shocked last night and a bit stunned as to to why Stephen um, has called it a day um, I was hoping to, to speak to him afterwards but he just came up after the game and I said is it true he goes it is or it is and he just kind of walked away and you could see he was getting very very emotional um, so then we had to wait around until Ramblers released their statement and spoke to um, Michael O'Donovan which we'll hear from in a second so I was hoping to hear from Stephen as to his reasons and uh, and why he left uh, the club um, that he loves so much because you can see it means an awful lot to him but I think maybe it's taken an awful lot out of him yeah, yeah, it's it's surprising. It's a very surprising one because, like you say, he lifted that team. He did. Mm. He, he did a lot with them. We're so used to seeing managers kind of being pushed out the door after a string of poor yeah. results. That just wasn't there for Stephen Kenny. And also, you say there's only Stephen Henderson. or Stephen Henderson, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Stephen Kenny in the room. Uh, but you're like you say, only ten games left in the season. Like so, like why wouldn't he just stick that out? Or you know, I. Um, well, he did release a statement. Well, not a statement. He put out a tweet today um, to say, um, That's a wrap. Absolutely nothing sinister. Both myself and the committee knew we did not compliment each other. And this happens all the time in football. I wish them every success. I will miss a genuinely fantastic group of young players who made my time an absolute joy. Thanks very much indeed. And uh, he went on to joke that his next job is an environmental study for the Irish nation. I will assess what the sun looks like and bring my findings and what a summer's day should feel like back to the people of Ireland. I'm a bleeding martyr. Um, but the, his first tweet, um, just himself and the committee, suggests that maybe they didn't see eye to eye and maybe that things um, weren't going too well. Um, we'll talk to the chairman. We'll hear from the chairman. I got the chance to speak to uh, Michael Donovan after last night's game. Like, um, I imagine this game is uh, a bit of a shock. It did actually. Um, so uh, we the we we were notified the, the the club committee were notified at lunchtime today, around lunchtime, um, and we um, we were we were all taken by surprise. We had no indication. I know that obviously the, there was a, a reduction in the budget, and I know that can't have been easy. Um, whether it's a, a factor, I, d- I don't know. I, I really that would be for Stephen to say, but um, like we were. As you know, running a League of Ireland club is an extremely tough job. As you as you know, I know well. Um, but you know, we were we were happy with Stephen. You know, there was there was no um, there was no animosity uh, uh, or anything like that from our part. You know, we were happy. We 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 realised the circumstances that the hand that we were dealt that Stephen had dealt with. You know, and um, it's uh, you know we're we're, we're sad, um, but. Um, we wish Stephen the very best. I think, I, I, you know, uh, we all know he's going to be a success no matter whatever the next venture uh, he undertakes. He, you know, say he's, he's, his, his track record at the club speaks for itself and um, he, can, he can always walk in here with his head held high. Was there any trying to convince him to stay on? There's only 10 games left in the season. Was his mind just set in stone yeah, when he spoke to him? It seemed to me that the, 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 uh, before we asked, we, asked, um, we asked Stephen would he stay on after the game just to talk to us and he just... He replied and said, "Look, I, I I need to go after the game, and um, it, it it would have appeared that his mind was not returning anyway on it." Did know. he give you any reasons as to why he made the decision? 
no, I think that I, I, there's no, um, no, not one reason. You know, I'd have to kind of read read it back to myself to hear. You know, but there was nothing. There was no standout reason, if you if you like. So yeah, it must be all shots. So, but it's yeah, we, blindsided almost. Yeah, yeah, we were we were we were we were all taken aback by it. I was I was actually working nights, so I was, I was sleeping off and kind of get up out of bed and see my phone and 101 WhatsApp messages. Then, like so. You know, something's a something's a something's a foot. You know, so then I saw the email. It is surprising, considering like he seems to be Mr. Corbrammer has lived and breathed the club, and then from the step down, so surprisingly, he's a bit of a shock to everyone. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And um, like as, as Stephen alluded to in his mail, it's a tough job running a League of Ireland club, and I mean, he d- he made a very very good fist of it. Um, I, I I I remember st- saying to him. In, Last last AGM and the, the AGM before we'd love to be able to give him the resources um, to the challenge, yeah. you know. But we 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 have to kind of be prudent with with the resources that we have at at the moment, um, and that's unfortunate. Um, but he's done a fantastic job with what he had, you know. Um, if you consider when we were rock bottom when he came in, as as Stephen said, we were we were actually weren't even on our knees. We were lying face down in dirt mm-hmm. and. We got ourselves up one foot by one foot, slowly but surely, and we kind of, as, as the statement says, re- played a the major role in re-establishing us as a kind of a um, an established League of Ireland club. If you consider, like we were in the playoffs, runners up, EA Cup final, you know, and he made this this place again a place where clubs feared coming to you know you got nothing easy you know and um, even just he's one of the few I think he's one of the few managers last year to beat Dundalk and I think I think that's a very sore point yeah. up, up in Dundalk because they thought they had a handy treble you know he was um, yeah, he, he does leave the club in a good place you saw the performance level the players that are out there so like whoever does come in has a good squad to work with absolutely um, you, you, you know just um, and it's to Stephen's credit that these young players I've said it I've said it over the years that he gives all these young players uh, who might be 16, 17 uh, he gives them a, he gives them a go, and all of a sudden these guys develop into men on the field, and that's that's to Stephen's uh, eternal credit. Yeah. Now I know you're saying sorry, uh, you're going to go into a thorough recruitment process, but it seems obvious that Stuart Ashton might step in and take over till the end of the season at least. We would hope that Stewie would would, would step into the step in on a, uh, certainly on an interim basis, but we would have to conduct a, a thorough recruitment process anyway. We would have to be completely transparent, but we would hope so because we we you know. Stewie has been we has been very good behind the scenes as well. You know he's been very good for for the club as well. You know so we would hope that that would be the the, the case. Of course, there that was Cove Ramblers chairman Michael O'Donovan reacting to the news that Stephen Henderson is to step down. I suppose roar the million dollar question: uh, What's next for the club? Yeah, well, as I said, said Michael, it seems obvious that I'm sure Ashton would be the standout candidate to take over as uh, Stephen's assistant, uh, formerly of Cork City as well. Um, Unrage. Um, he's a fantastic coach, fantastic people person. I don't think anyone would be upset if he got the job. Um, he's a pro license holder as well. Um, very well respected coach. I know the players love him. Um, um, I think he would be the logical choice to come in and uh, take over at least until the end of the season I know he works for the FBI and I think there might be a conflict there of him taking the job full time while still okay. being um, uh, in the FBI's employment I think I'm not entirely sure on that one someone just suggest, suggested that to me today but he would be the standout candidate uh, Frank Kelleher is another man who's at the club he heads up their academy pro licence holder former Cork City women's coach he'd be um, I imagine he'd be interested in taking over full time from Stephen it's a big job down in Cove um, um, like Stephen has worked very very hard over the last four years um, it's hard to get people through the gate in Cove it's, um, it's been a tough sell um and like the crowd last night wasn't fantastic right. it wasn't great but that's the thing it's just trying to get that that energy and enthusiasm back get people through the gates into St. Comans Park because there are some fantastic young players at that club Yeah, um, there's some fantastic hard working decent honest footballers um, lots of young talent coming through Denzel Fernandez is an absolute talent uh, Jay's could be um, up front he is going to be a superstar the way he's progressing he's absolutely fantastic um, James McSweeney defender um, another fantastic player you've got Kev Taylor who's 
superb as well there's fantastic players they just yeah. need um, they just haven't had the luck this year so far they've just been unlucky in a couple of games I think yeah. their league position's a bit of a false position it should be a little bit higher up yeah I suppose the, I suppose it, the hard part is done they've got the good players you know they've got the the talented squad there I suppose it's just a question of like you say like they've, they've got at least two people within the club already that could take the position or do they make the decision to just bring in a fresh face to that's the possibility you know? yeah that's a possibility as well like you know but um, I think logically I think Stuart Ashton is the choice I think he'd be very well received and look best luck to Ramblers they have a bit of a time off now so look it's uh, I think just getting back to Stephen as well um personally just thanks to Stephen for all uh, the work he had done uh, for us over the last couple of years uh, I worked very closely with Stephen just helping to promote Ramblers over the last couple of years and it's been a pleasure uh, spending time with him getting to know everyone at the club over the last number of years and um, he was always at the end of the phone and he was always very very helpful indeed and I was just texting him today just wishing him well and all that kind of crack so I know it's upsetting for him to be leaving the club that he loves so much I look forward to speaking to him about it down the line when he's ready to talk about it um, but it'll be a very interesting to see where he ends up and whoever um, gets him is going to be very very lucky indeed a lucky club yeah absolutely alright Cork City were in action last night they drew one all the way to Sligo Rovers Graham Cummins opening the scoring former City player running Coughlin with the equaliser uh, Dennis spoke to interim boss John Cotter what's the feeling after that is it a point gained or two dropped um, look we got a great start in the game scoring after five minutes I think um, it was a crazy first half. I think the first half could have been the three all to be fair. Um didn't really think we played particularly well in the first half after we after we got a great start to be fair. We just never we worked on a lot of things during the week and just didn't seem to happen for us in the first half and it's like in fairness got back level and they deserve to be back level. But um second half thought we were slightly better, created a few good chances. Graham had a great chance with a header and Darren Rains with another header and look. I think it draws a fair result to be honest now I think because to be fair to Slido they had a few chances as well and is it the same kind of thing the confidence in front of goal or is it something else um, look it's just a matter of taking a chance obviously fellas are if, chan- if it's not going in maybe fellas confidence is low and maybe look it's just a matter of trying to take them I spoke about that during the week and yeah. we are speaking about the players a few weeks and look we created more chances tonight and we still come away with a point but um after the start we had we were quite disappointed with that but yeah. as I said I think the draw was a fair result Is it almost the case though, that when you do get a good start it, it kind of jolts the opposition to, to kind of redouble their efforts a bit Yeah but look it's, it's still a great start for us we were one up after yeah. five minutes and um, I thought we should have kicked on but we didn't we let them back into the game and they got a bit of momentum and, and scored soft goal on our, half, on our behalf to be honest we give away a soft free and then we don't pick in the box and which isn't good enough to be honest you have to defend better than that and then look second half I thought two teams had a, had a go and created a few chances but look at as I say the draw is probably fair and you're going into the, the break now another fortnight off in seventh place uh, you know is it, it just a case of kind of resetting when the lads come back or you know are you still confident that you can move up the table yeah, look, we have a home game next. Um, after the break, obviously, look, fellas, go in and recharge the batteries a bit. And we have a home game against Derry. And look, we have a big week that week. Then we have three games within the week straight away and straight away into Europe. So you have no time to feel sorry for yourself as such. We have huge games. So we just have to go away and reflect on the last six or seven weeks and keep working hard and hopefully get one some of those chances end up going into the net and start picking up a few wins and are there likely to be any additions um, at the start of July you know are you in a position to be to be looking at, at targets or is it the case that you're working with what you have um, look you'd always be looking to improve if you can um, look we will be looking at players at the moment see if we can get players in and it's not as easy as just getting players in either to be honest um, we have a big squad as it is so look uh, there's a bit of work to be done that way as well and um, might you have to lose a few to gain a few yeah but look we don't know look it's still still only middle of June at the moment look it's still still early here really to be honest the, the window is until the start of July so look we'll be looking at things to see if we can do things and look that's the plan and hopefully something might come off for us that way John Cotter there reacting to City's draw last night uh, up and down in form Roar mm, that's one way to describe it alright yeah, I was a bit disappointed with that result last night I was hoping to go up there and uh, take all three points off Sligo but uh, Sligo something of a bogey team for uh, Cork City um, into the break now they've just come back from a break and they're now into another break all the players have gone on holidays this week 
um, for the mid-season break. It's yeah, it's not been easy for John Collar uh, to begin to add John Caulfield's uh, shoes, but he's he's done okay. Um, City's football is trying to to change slowly as well. It's be becoming a lot more um, possession and passing base, whereas I suppose maybe John Caulfield's teams would have been a bit more direct. Um, so still a long way to go I mean like um, there's still what I'm just looking at the table there there's 13 points off the European place no that's me being very very optimistic <laughs> that is a bit uh, a little bit alright yeah but like <laughs> it could happen know, but it could happen but um, you never know but um, yeah look they're going to the break they've got the European campaign to come up um, question marks being raised over um, the lack of a pro licence holder at the club because it's an FAI requirement um, Dr Sean O'Connell on Twitter was uh, tweeting during the week to say that maybe there might be a way around it uh, maybe not be a way around it They were hi- he was highlighting the um, discrepancies between the UEFA requirements and the FAI requirements the FAI requirements for managers are actually higher you oh, can manage right. in the Europa League without a pro licence once you're enrolled on the course but the, the wording of the FAI's um, um, uh, participation agreement means that you have to have a pro license but you get like 60 days grace it's all a bit complicated but if you want to um, see um, Dr Sean O'Connell's um, tweets on that you can just uh, follow him on uh, Twitter um, it's, he's um, S O'Connell it's S-O-C-O-N-A-I-L-L and that would kind of outline everything I suppose uh, regarding licenses because of course Lisa Fallon left the club last week uh, she had a pro license um, she departed the club um, so there is no no pro license holder at the club Conspiracy theorist in me thinks, well, Stephen Henderson left last night. He's got a <laughs> oh, he could be turning up a goal ra- or, or Cork City, but um, I'd find that very surprising if that were to happen. But you never know. You never know. Um, just get you up to date on a couple of scores there as well. Um, finished full time. Uh, Cork have beaten Clare in the Liberty Insurance Senior Camogie Championship 319 to 9 points. And uh, the latest score we have from the intermediate game, Cork versus Kilkenny, uh, which was uh, full-time. It was Cork, uh, 11 points. Kilkenny, one ten. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, on a preview Cork versus Clare with Tommy Gilfoyle. Going to hear from me, Fitzgerald, as well. And we're going to talk to Everton. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Delighted you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Saturday evening. Going to look ahead to Cork versus Clare tomorrow, two o'clock, throwing time in NS updates across the course of the afternoon tomorrow. And of course, we'll have all the best post match reaction on tomorrow's show from six. But to preview the game, I've been speaking to a Clare legend, Tommy Gilfoyle. Tommy, first off, everyone I've been speaking to in Cork is petrified of a Clare backlash tomorrow. Should we be? Well, I suppose from a clear point of view, uh, I, I hope so. But in reality, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think uh, Cork are coming into the game on, on a high, you know, you know, I think you know, putting up big scores. Whereas uh, on the other hand, I suppose we in Clare after the Tipperary game hoped that that backlash would come against Limerick. And unfortunately for for all Clare people, it, it just didn't for whatever reason. I suppose, you know, it, it, the last week has been a hard week uh, for the players and management in Clare, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of um, anger and frustration amongst the supporters. And uh, you know, I suppose we're looking forward. We're not looking forward to tomorrow's game, um, you know, because we don't know what to expect. And if it's to continue from the last two Sundays, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to be in for a long hard day tomorrow again. Yeah, certainly. So, um, what's gone wrong for Clare this year? Is it just a, a decline in form, or what is it? Yeah, it's it, it's hard to know. I suppose throughout the league, uh, you know, I thought we were we were we were struggling, and, and again we lacked a bit of consistency, and uh, you know we were conceding big scores, which was you know probably you know probably put down that they hadn't a whole lot of holding during the league. We were conceding a lot of frees, and then you know we went down to Waterford uh, to play the quarter final, and I think you know maybe if there was a turning point uh, for better or for worse in the season, I think that may have been it because. You know, we 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 lost heavily in the league. But in fairness, you know, we recovered and we went down to Waterford, which at the time looked to be, you know, a, a hard game to, to, to go to Walsh Park and get a result. And we did. We won by a pint, but I suppose subsequently, you know, the results and the scores that put up that, that was put up against Waterford, you know, that form certainly raised questions. And I suppose, you know, going into the, the Tipperary game, 
followed by the Limerick game. You know, it, you know, it, it is it is a loss of form, but it's not just by one player. It it, it, it seems to be across, across the across the team and. Mm. For one reason or the other, the management have decided, you know, and again for tomorrow, there's no changes from the game from the team that played last week, which 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 is surprising. Um, so they have probably been loyal, and in, you know, probably in the in the eyes of the supporters, too loyal because there hasn't been any consequence to you know poor performances, and that's I think the question mark. But you know, I suppose where where our form is from where we you know probably could have and should have got to an All Ireland final last year. Yeah. You know, I think that 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 remains to be seen, and for whatever reason, players and management don't train and play to go out, you know, to perform like that. And unfortunately for them, it just hasn't has, hasn't gone right in the last two games. And what's the reaction been like on the ground among Clare supporters? Are they angry? Are they frustrated? Are they puzzled by this? Yeah, I think so, very much so. And I think you know, um, the the genuine supporter probably is frustrated. You know, the people that follow them through 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 Hales, you know, sleet or snow and league and that, but you know, I think there has been an overreaction and one that I personally, you know, take take exception to, where you know the players have come in for a lot of personal abuse and 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 and, and management have come in for a lot of personal abuse and you know while it is an amateur game, you know, you know, I don't, I'm not on social media, I I I'm I'm of another era at the moment, uh, you know, so I just hear what's going on and it, it's not good. It, it's actually. You know, a lot of it has been very distasteful and personal and, and, and insulting and degrading to the players. And I think, you know, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, where their heads are at, their family and their friends and their, you know, and that is, it's just not good enough. And, you know, and I, 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 for one, wouldn't accept, yes, the management and players are open to constructive criticism, but definitely not insulting and degrading. So, you know, you, you asked me before how we go in tomorrow. You know, I think I hope for the players and management point of view that they put in a performance, and if that performance is good enough to beat Cork, so be it. But you know, I think you know we're going in. You know, psychologically, we're, we've taken a lot of hits in the last two weeks. Um, you know, the fact that they've gone with the new, the same players. You know, is it a case of going to be the same as we have been for the last uh, two games? But you know, definitely a lot of frustration and anger amongst the supporters, and probably. Uh, fly-by-night supporters are, are, you know, they've definitely been busy on their keyboards. <laughs> Certainly will, all right. Now, there is an outside chance, of course, of Clare progressing tomorrow if they win. So, I mean, like, that's got to be the motivation for the Clare players going yeah, into the game. That, yeah, that's the ironic thing, you know, that we mathematically can still qualify. And it's, you know, probably, you know, after the last two games, it's the last thing maybe people and supporters thought of. But, yes, the, you know, the, the permutations are there that... You know, if Clare beat Cork and the results go the other way, that Clare are still in with a chance. But, you know, I suppose being realistic, you know, the, you know our, our form doesn't suggest that we can beat Cork even though we're at home. Um, I think players will be playing for a lot of, um, you know, pride and, 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 and to restore, you know, reputations. And some players, you know, more so than others, for whatever reason, just haven't performed. You know, we have been leaking a lot of scores at the back. You know, but surprisingly up front, you know, with the with the players that we have at our disposal, we've struggled to score and you know, to score four points in seventy three minutes last week and you know, even only have two or three wides suggests that, you know, we're we're not gaining gaining possession up front, we're not creating those chances while at the back, you know, we're 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 leaking a lot of scores and I suppose when your morale and your is down, I suppose, you know, it's hard to fight back. But, uh, you know, we need to do that tomorrow because you look down through the Cork forward unit there, if they get position that ball. And I think early on, you know, they will go to, to put the final nail in, in Clare's coffin, you know, Harnady, uh, Horgan, Cadigan, you know, all those players, they, they, you know, the threat that they bring. Likewise, you know, around the midfield. And, uh, you know, I think Cork have settled on their team. They had their down day at the start. So I think, They'd be coming to in, a, in, a, in a confident mode that they're in good form. I suppose knowing full well that it'll be a hard test, but I expect if Cork play up the form, that they should win by you know a couple of a couple of scores. Hopefully, not as bad as the last two weeks. <laughs> um, how would you assess Cork so far? I mean, like they were disappointing against Tipperary, they were amazing against Limerick, and they were poor enough against Waterford while still um, picking up a big win. So, how would you assess them going into tomorrow? Yeah, and I suppose the first day was an eye-opener for them. And again, you know, probably there was a lot of soul-searching done with the players and management. And, but they responded, you know, and, and responded positively where they came out. 
and uh, you know put in a performance against Limerick and under they fully merited their victory um, against Waterford the last day I suppose psychologically Waterford were out of it and it wasn't uh, you know it was a game that you know, if they won by 20 you know it, it, it would have been expected so I think maybe there may be weaknesses or shortcomings maybe in the full back line that have yet to be exploited um, you know around uh, the half back line you know Robert Downey is a very young player probably inexperienced at this level um, you know I think Bill Cooper, you know, as, as was shown against um, against with, with, with his loss against uh, Tipperary, what, what he brings to the team. But I think it's up front where Cork have all the aces. You know, they have all those forwards and they have a, a strong bench of forwards as well with, uh, you know, with O'Flynn and, uh, um, you know, those guys, uh, Kingston challenging for positions. They can't get into the first 15. So probably... You know, I, I would be a bit concerned maybe at the back. Maybe they may not be as strong as, as as they may need to be. But from midfield up, you know, I think they're very strong. But, you know, they win the game tomorrow. You know, they're, they're, they've qualified. And, you know, when it, it, the season opened up, from, you know, whether it's a Munster final they get into or an All-Ireland quarterfinal, I think Cork will still have a big say in the championship. And Patrick Horgan's been in red-hot form, of course, as well. Is it too simple to say that if you keep him quiet, you keep Cork, Cork quiet as a whole? Uh, well, I mean, it is. I mean, he contributes a lot, you know, both from freeze and play. But I think it's his leadership, you know, when they're under pressure that that, that, that shines through. And, you know, he, they do have, uh, you know, I mean, I think the, I suppose the re-emergence or the return of Alan Cadigan, you know, probably puts, put, put frightens defenders to death with his, his pace and, 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 and his movement. You know, put the two doors together in the full forward line, you know, and you get the ball in there. We all know what Seamus Hannity can do. Daniel Kearney, you know, brings a lot of a high work rate around the middle third, but, you know, he can get in on the scoring list as well. So, yeah, while well, Pat Horgan, I suppose, is the main man and gets all the plaudits, I think, you know, as a unit, they, they are very strong. And, you know, while I suppose they rely on him for a good lot of scores, you know, from, from play and from freeze, you know, the other players, uh, you know, create those frees for him. So, you know, I think Pat Horgan has been a super player and I suppose, you know, you know, for the last couple of years has been one of the top forwards in Ireland. And Tommy, as an outsider, do you think Cork room with the show with the Liam McCarthy this year or is it maybe just a step too far for them? No, I don't think so. I mean, when you look back last year, you know, when they came within that famous Nicky Quaid moment in Crop Park and I suppose probably the thing that cut out Cork that last year, you know, I was at the game in, in Dublin where probably the strength of their bench as against the strength of Limerick's bench in that game last year proved crucial. I'm not too sure have they unearthed enough defenders maybe to you know to be to be really really challenging but but I expect you know whoever beats Cork will have a good day's work done and you know you know have a, have, a, have a great chance of winning look at you know Cork they used to say they can come overnight you know this Cork team has been around for two or three years I I think you know now is the time to do it maybe this year next year and if they get a run, they get a bit of momentum. Who knows? You know, at this stage, who will have that 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 covered at Lee McCarthy Cup in, in, in the end of August? Excellent, Tommy. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, sir. Thanks very much for taking our call. Thanks, Rory. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. That's uh, Clare legend Tommy Gilfoyle there speaking to us ahead of tomorrow's clash uh, between Clare and Cork. Hughes Park, and it's two o'clock the start time for that one. Join us on tomorrow evening's show. We'll have all the best reaction coming up from six p.m. Now the Cork ladies footballers are in action tomorrow as they take on Waterford in the Munster final that is in Dungarvan. Six thirty throw on time for that one. Bit of a late start for the Rebels tomorrow, but I got a chance to speak to boss Ify Fitzgerald earlier on today. Go on, yeah, we're, yeah, Darren O'Sullivan, Mara O'Callaghan is, is a bit doubtful as well, she's a hamstring problem, but other than that, we're, we're full bit of health, so we're looking forward to it. And just on, Darren, how's her rehab progressing, do you reckon she'll be back good, longer? Good. Yeah, no, I think in three or four weeks, hopefully she'll be back in full training. Um, so she, she's got a programme to do and Darren will try to get a little follow with the letters of law, so we're hopeful that we'll have her back in full training in the same three or four weeks and, you know, ready for the early series, hopefully. Yeah, she must be frustrated us sitting on the sidelines, is she? She is, it is. Like, it was, I suppose it took a long time to diagnose the injury properly and, you know, it, initially we thought it was hamstrings and lower back and stuff, but once, once it was diagnosed, I think, as we say, they were able to give her a proper, proper treatment programme and um, you know I suppose initially rest was the big thing for her but mm. you know she, she's done that now she's beginning to, to step it up a bit so, so hopefully everything will go well for her I mean as I say we'll have her back soon 
Great stuff. Friarfield in Dungarvan tomorrow, of course. Um, you beat Waterford fairly handily a couple of weeks back, so will complacency be an issue heading into tomorrow? No, well, I think our panel is strong enough now that, you know, complacency doesn't doesn't come into it because, um, you know, there's girls sitting on the line who are every bit as good as the girls who are starting, you know, and, and that's the beauty of, I suppose, having having a strong panel. So, um, But but having said that, the girls themselves know um, every game is a new game and it's nil all as far as we're concerned. We'll go down there to month the final and we're looking forward to it and we know possibly Waterford will get a little bit more defensive. We don't know, but we have to be patient and, you know, uh, but I think we've worked on, we've worked on all that stuff. So, hopefully we'll give a good performance tomorrow, but it certainly won't be as, you know, I, I don't think it'll be as free-flowing as it was the last day. The scoreline, you know, 20 odd points or whatever it was. I don't think that'll be a reflection of what happened tomorrow, but we, we, we've prepared well, so all we can do, I suppose, is go out and, and, you know, and give our best. And once everybody gives 100%, I can't ask for any more than that. But I think if we do that, we'll be, you know, we'll be, we'll be good enough to, to get us over the line. So you obviously expect them to be a lot more compact and a lot more narrow tomorrow? Well, I don't know. I mean, someone like Kerry, you know, the Kerry game a few weeks ago, they surprised me with how defensive they were. Um, but, you know, we're, I suppose that's a compliment to the girls in the sense that we've been going well and, you know, we've been racking up fairly big scores. So, um, but, you know, we, we've prepared for every eventuality. So, you know, if it's an open game, fine. And if it's, it's, if they're more defensive, well, that's fine as well. We'll cope with that as well. But um, we'll just see how it goes. But I think, as I say, we're very well prepared. The lads have done a great job with them, getting them ready for the, for the game. And, you know, it's, it's in fair feed. We lost there to them a couple of years ago. No, I don't think that have any, any, and won't have any reflection on what will happen tomorrow but at the same time it's a reminder to us that things can go wrong on any given day so um, you know we got a great start the last day we got two goals in the first five minutes and, and after that it's kind of you know a little bit of plain sailing but you know that may not happen tomorrow we possibly need to be more patient um, but you know we've had that against Galway and we've you know we've had it against Kerry now in the last game so the girls are kind of used to it at this stage and as I said we've walked on it so hopefully things will go well for us Half six is a kind of a late throw-in time for that one. Does that kind of change your approach to the game? Is it kind of hard to keep the girls on ice all day waiting for half six throw-in? Uh, no, well, we'll, like, we'll have a meal three hours before, so we, we'll meet in Russian Park and have a meal there and, you know, get our, you know, so that'll be, I suppose that'll be early uh, afternoon, quarter three or whatever. So, you know, in the morning, the girls tend to just do their own thing. They'll probably lay in most of them and, and, and you know, so we'll meet up relatively early and then it's a bus trip. So at the time passes, you know, passes, fairly handy mm. but I, I, I just do think that it's, it's absolutely ridiculous having having they have an intermediate final on at half as 12 um, in Limerick and they have the senior final on in, in, in Waterford at half as 6 I can't see why we couldn't have had it as a double header and maybe get a bigger crowd there you know and have more of an atmosphere but I don't know that's for us to decide but I just think that it would have been an opportunity to you know, to have Tip and Claire and, and Cock and Waterford together, which would have been a, a nice experience for everybody. It's probably to avoid clashes with the Munster Hurling games, is it? Uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows? You know, I don't know. But anyway, it is what it is, so we just have to get on with it. All right, Aoife, thanks for talking to us. Best yeah. of luck tomorrow, bud. Okay, Roar, thank you. Yeah, always a pleasure talking to Eve Fitzgerald. Best of luck to the Rebels uh, tomorrow. Half six uh, throwing time for that one. Uh, also today, a hearty congratulations to the Cork Under 14 panel who have booked their place in the All Ireland final. Uh, they had a fantastic win today over Kildare up in Tiptown. Congratulations to all the Cork uh, Under 14s today. They now face Galway in the All Ireland final next Saturday. So well done to the Rebels. Absolutely fantastic stuff indeed. Now, last night was the Munster Senior League Awards held at the, the Kinnell last night. Um, I was honoured to be asked to, uh, to MC the awards. Um, so I had a really, really good night last night at the Munster Senior League Awards. I had big shoes to fill as well because the late Pat McAuliffe was usually the man who uh, did those awards. But um, the Munster Senior League asked me to step in. Um, and we certainly remembered our friend Pat last night. And uh, certainly a big shoes to fill. But uh, um it was an, an, an honour to, to, to follow Pat, I have to say. But um, fantastic night last night. Uh, just to take you through the winners, the Junior Player of the Year was Jacob Callaghan from uh, Avondale United. The Junior Team of the Year was Everton. The Senior Player of the Year was uh, Rob Slevin, who we did, we'd on the show a couple of weeks back, along with his UCC manager, Noel Hurley. Or Noel Healy, excuse me. The Beamish Stout Senior Team of the Year was Avondale United after their incredible year at Solomon, the FBI Intermediate Cup and a couple of other cups as well. The uh, Floodlet Player of the Year was Michael Ryan from Ballancolic. 
Elsewhere, College Corinthians Academicals won the Fair Play Award for the fewest uh, yellow and red cards. Declan Fogarty won the uh, Tom Tully Perpetual Trophy for the Referee of the Year Award. And services to football as well. Donald Kelleher, a former neighbour of mine uh, from Killerine Celtic, honoured for his 48 and a half years uh, with Killerine Celtic. Mr. Killerine Celtic himself um, got one of these services to football awards. And uh, the second uh, service to football award was to uh, Mr. Keith Spooley, referee. Um, so it was a fantastic night last night, I have to say. But the junior team of the year were Everton. Uh, they're managed by Eddie McCarthy. He got them to win the league, even though he wasn't actually supposed to manage the team. Uh, I got a chance to speak with Eddie last night. Eddie, first off, congratulations on the awards. It's the kind of the culmination of a terrific season, I guess. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I suppose recognition from our pairs, the referees, the echo, the Muster Senior League, and everybody else who gets the vote in it uh, really tops off what has been, uh, uh, I suppose, an unbelievable season, Rory, to be honest with you. Talk to me about the season and the start of the season because you kind of fell into this job, didn't you? Hugely. Um, back towards the end of July last year, um, I was after taking up a role coaching our youth team. Uh, Joe Brown was doing our junior premier team and Tommy Cochran was our senior manager mm. Tommy stepped away for personal reasons Joe took the senior job the junior job got advertised and one thing led to another and all of a sudden by kind of the end of June after July last year I found myself junior premier manager but with a squad that was down at the time maybe five players to our senior team and by by the first league game of the season seven or eight so mm. it was absolutely hectic and bearing in mind in that time I actually got married and had my honeymoon <laughs> also all before we kicked off the weekend of I think it was the 18th of August yeah. last year we were and to even top off the hecticness Rory we were told by the league before I left that we had a free weekend the first weekend of the season which was brilliant and the second day of my honeymoon I got a phone call from our secretary to say no the fixtures have been rejigged you're, you're back Thursday and you game Saturday against <laughs> Ring Mahan away that was some baptism of fire so. yes yes going to Ring Mahan on a Saturday afternoon you know huge I had no players registered first year doing it you know it was just it was hell for leather but in fairness the club and the committee waiting behind me some of the senior players went and signed fellas the backroom team there Mickey Hall Olin outstanding and and that's what that's why fellas step up to the plate and do it for you like was management always something you wanted to do anyway or did you just kind of fall into it um, I done my ACL six years ago and started helping with our second team and helping led to kickstart one and two which led to doing our senior team with Austin O'Connor which led to helping Kevin Keeler with the junior premier team and so on and so forth I had never given it much thought but all day, I suppose everything just fell in the right place I was never an outstanding player which I know myself <laughs> but at the same time I always had a passion for it and I think I've transferred the passion now into coaching Yeah so that first week must have been frantic getting players signed getting everything organised absolutely no idea Rory um, after we got the job uh, spoke with Olin and Mickey Hall who were there at the time and later Niall Harrington came on board which was a huge plus but at the time it was only me Olin and Mickey Hall uh, Mick had just stepped down as a player his first time ever on the line Olin had been there two years previous but due to family commitments hadn't been there for two years so didn't know who was available who was so yes we were calling in favours calling in you know everybody we knew basically ringing is there anybody out there and thank- thankfully we got a strong squad together and the season itself kind of a tit for tat bat with Avondale went kind of all the way yes yeah, um, we played Avondale twice in a week early in the season once in the league once in the cup and I had three goalkeepers signed at the time and I had none of them available to me I had uh, Shane Carney went on holidays uh, Padraig O'Flynn Gunther away with the Navy and I had Danny Woods Woogie signed registered ready to go and dislocated his shoulder and worked the week of the game <laughs> both games we played in both games we lost 2-1 and both games was a goalkeeping error from a standing goalkeeper and in credit to the players who stood in that day they, they weren't goalkeepers they done us a favour but we were chasing them from, from, from the goal mm. and I went down to the last game of the season you're going to Avondale Park to win the league that's no easy job absolutely not um, to take it back one step it kind of came to maybe maybe four games to go we had Douglas Hall UCC Rockmount and Avondale and they had another run in and all we said when we seen how the fixtures had fallen because we had lads away on the stag the, the weekend of the playoff game so we were looking for games to be moved and all we kept saying was to try and keep the concentration was let's not go there and clap them onto the pitch mm. we were four points behind let's not go let's, let's win our games hope they drop a point and give us something to play for because to clap anybody to 
tap anybody onto the pitch at any stage obviously is is not your proudest moment yeah, yeah. so that final game of the season then it comes down to like a Billy Kadena penalty five minutes into the game it shows you how tight it was it was um, believe it or believe it or not I spoke to the lads in the, the pre-match team talk about I think Avondale gave three penalties in their four games prior to that and I spoke to them about that they're not generally under pressure on the back line and that they did seem to not give up soft penalties because that's probably an insult to them but but because they get so many men forward and they play such good football that when they're caught out they're caught short mm. so they do they do make unnecessary risks at the back so I had said that to them and obviously along with some other bits and pieces but the fact that they gave us a penalty and we scored it after five minutes suddenly you could see the belief amongst everybody yeah. what, what we're doing is right this, this, this will see us over the line what was it like then waiting for the final whistle to go torture instead was it Um torture doesn't even begin to describe it Rory it was, it was, it was absolutely agonising your, your, your whole season your whole year everything is riding on the bounce of a ball uh, a fella's touch a fella's decision uh, an official's decision uh, you know a, a shout of uh, offside from a spectator you know we're, we're at junior football and credit where credit is due the MSL appointed Declan Fogarty to that game he had no linesman he had no assistance and he came down I thought he did an absolutely fantastic job uh, in the circumstances there was a huge crowd down there again for junior football we had um, uh, Darren Murphy's um, fans Voice TV yeah. down there covering it you know we had lads texting us from Stags in Magaluf and you know yeah. so so like for a lot of these lads who were, who were junior footballers by trade it was it was a, a, a scenario they had never been in you're planning for next season already? Um I took I took a long break, but the last kind of two weeks now I've had a couple of the players and stuff kind of saying to me, "Look, we need to get the finger out. We need to improve. We need to rebuild." Credit to Avondale, they've been outstanding the last couple of years, and I think they're going to come back at us stronger. I um, Douglas Hall have a new manager, Ring Mahan have a new manager, and again it's junior football, so you don't know what happens. But but the, obviously the goal is now at the moment is to retain the league, and we have the MFA Champions Cup away to Clarny Celtic in the beginning of October is to try and maybe put a bit more of a stamp in that and kind of the, the Munster Junior Cup because I think we fell short last year on them Finally Eddie, it's uh, great to see so many Everton in, in here your former committee member Donald Lennon remembered tonight as well Donald spoke to me two weeks after I got the job oh, up in Everton Park and came over and shook my hand and told me absolutely no better man for the job go take the bull by the horns he said and run with it because he said you, you've, you've done the work already and don't worry about what anybody thinks do the best you can do he said and I'm sure that's going to be good enough so I have said to the committee members already since we've won it it's especially proud and sad all rolled into one with the season that it was but Donald has always been one of my biggest backers he's always given me advice in different scenarios as an MSL committee member as an Everton committee member and as a friend and um, it, 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 it's a very it's a very mixed emotions night Rory to collect this but also remember our friend Eddie thanks buddy congratulations thanks Rory cheers thanks yeah, it's Eddie McCarthy there of Everton after they accepted the uh, Munster Senior League's uh, Junior Team of the Year Award at last night's award uh, ceremony. Um, congratulations to all the winners last night. It's been an incredible season. Rounded off with a uh, UCC uh, winning the O'Connell Cup today uh, down in Camden uh, with a 2-1 win over Avondale United today. But uh, congratulations to all the winners and uh, thanks uh, to the Munster Senior League for having me down to help them out last night. Uh, looking forward to the start of the next season already uh, in August at some stage alright we're out of time um, thank you very much indeed for tuning in to our show this evening um, we're back tomorrow from 6 we will of course have all the reaction uh, to Cork versus Clare uh, in the uh, Munster Championship tomorrow fingers crossed for a Rebels win we'll also have reaction from the Cork Muggy win tonight also going to begin our look ahead to Cork versus Kerry uh, in the Monster Final next week. So a busy show coming your way tomorrow from 6pm. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, that would be sound. 0868104106 is our text number but our Twitter page is at Big Red Bench I knew the difference I swear I did Stevie's up next with the block party 7 until 10 bringing you all the best uh, music and uh, we're back tomorrow from 6pm enjoy the rest of your Saturday night folks and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM